0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths about a right relationship with God.
1: Though God had allowed Samuel to be conceived and dedicated to him by Hannah, though God knew he would use him as a judge, as a priest, and a prophet, he had to come into that personal relationship with God first. There had to be a free will decision to accept Christ to come in. We talk about Christ in the New Testament in a sense, but the same in the Old Testament. That personal relationship, you understand?
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. How many times has someone told you, God has a plan for your life? Well, that is true, but the simple truth is, God doesn't reveal His call on your life until He is first invited into your heart. Today we journey back to the days of the judges of the Old Testament and peer in on the life of one man, who left a big imprint on the house of Israel. In doing so, we get to experience the call of God on his life and perhaps learn what God's calling on us is as well. Turn to the book of 1 Samuel as Pastor Xavier begins today's
1: study. Moody, for whom Lincoln gave his only recorded Sunday school address, is credited with speaking publicly to a 100 million persons about spiritual matters. Not a high school graduate himself, he founded a vast educational system that, among many accomplishments, has turned out one of ten American Protestant missionaries. What was the secret? Listen carefully. He was called by God. I'm not against education. Get all you can. And when you get it, get over it. But the most important, that a man is called of God. Samuel has been prayed for to be born. He's born. He's been dedicated to the Lord at Shiloh. He's been raised at Shiloh under a corrupt environment. Now Samuel is called by God through a threefold call. And it's found right here. Let me read for us. Verse 1, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when the eyes had begun to grow dim uh, so that he could not see... And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down, that the Lord called Samuel and answered, Here I am. And so he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. He answered, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel... Did not know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. So he arose and he um, went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. And therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you may say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came. And stood and called as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. And then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone whom hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down until the morning, and he opened the door of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. And then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here am I. And he said, what is the word of the Lord spoken to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you, and more so if you hide anything from me at all of the things that he has said to you. And then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him, and he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth good to me. And so Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dandabershiah knew that Samuel had been established the prophet of the Lord. And then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. The call of Samuel is a threefold call. First, the call to salvation, verse 1 through 7. Second, the call to serve, verse 8 through 14. And thirdly, the call to be a prophet, verse 15 through 21. The call to salvation comes first, and rightly so. Look at verse 1. The time of Samuel's salvation was one of spiritual silence. The boy Samuel is performing certain duties at the tabernacle. The identity known as Samuel is said to be a boy at this particular time. In view of the context and the nature of the call, Samuel must have been somewhere in his teens by this time, not a child, but teens. Now, notice the indicated responsibility of Samuel at Shiloh was to minister to the Lord Yahweh before Eli. The word minister means simply to serve, to attend, as you know. The service was directed to Yahweh, The becoming one, the all-eternal, all-existing one. Now, this does not indicate that Samuel was performing duties of a priest, but rather was learning the service as an apprenticeship to the priesthood before Eli. In the various duties and responsibilities, yet he did not know the Lord at this point in time personally. Maybe you've missed that before when you read Samuel. In fact, he's even wearing the ephod. Verse uh, 218, it says, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing the linen ephod, which really is not given in in the Old Testament for for a um, person this young. So there were things that were going on that really were not within Scripture. But nevertheless, it indicated that he was the next one. Chapter 2, verse 26, it says, And the child Samuel grew in stature and favor both with the Lord and men. But he didn't know the Lord. Very important. Notice the word of the Lord was uncommon during this time. The word of the Lord was rare in those days, it says in verse 1. The quality of God's word, the word rare, it means precious, highly valued. Now, it is defined by the lack of that valuable word what follows. God's precious word to men In those days, there was no widespread revelation. So there it defines exactly the rareness of that valuable word. The word widespread means to break or to burst forth. God spoke through Moses. God spoke to the prophets. At this particular time, it's transitional between anarchy and monarchy, between the book of Judges and the book of Samuel. There's a silence. There's a rarity of God's word. The word revelation simply means God's divine communication. Vision is used for the word vision. That revealed by God. This is still the transitional period. Remember, okay? Now, notice the reason for such a silence is marked very clear. The sons of Eli were corrupt and immoral, abusing the things of God and the people of God. We've seen that before. It is mentioned here again in this chapter. Now look at verse 2 and 3. The circumstances of Samuel's salvation were like any other day. God, the divine, works for the normal, regular day. Please understand this. Eli was turning in for the day. He was laying down in his place. He had to been thinking about God's word, the prophet that was sent to him. He knows judgment's coming. You ever been there, going to bed at night, things have happened? You can't shut off your mind, can you? Eli also had to been thinking about his compromise all his life. He had been called. God has spoken through him, but he had compromised one thing after another. Eli was old now. His eyes had become dim. He couldn't see. Now look at verse 3. Samuel was also turning in for the night. Here you have the parallel. The high priest was corrupt. You have the new man God's calling. The time was before the lamp of God was going out in the tabernacle of the Lord. Notice that. The lamp was to burn all night until the morning, Exodus 27, 20, and 21, and Leviticus 24, 3. The implication being that God's voice came to Samuel just before dawn. The location, notice, was the holy place, the first room, which was no sleeping quarter for the priests under the law. Yet Samuel's there. The location was where the ark of the God was beyond the veil. The circumstance was while Samuel was lying down. Very detailed. When it happened, what he was doing, where he was at. Now notice verse 4 through 7. The call to Samuel for salvation came by revelation. Verse 4 and 6, God called out to Samuel the first time. The name used for God is the covenant name revealed to Moses, Yahweh. From the verb to be, the becoming one. This was the name of God that he made himself known to his people. Now, notice the call was specific to Samuel. How God called is not stated, and yet I believe it is. The most obvious sense is the verbal calling. When it says, and God called, I'm to understand that there was a voice. Simple, okay? Unless the text says something else. Wesley used to say, when the text makes sense, don't make it say nonsense. Could have been an impression, but I think because it says call, I think it's that. Whatever the means you may want to accept, he couldn't miss it. Now, notice the young man Samuel responded, and he said, he answered, here am I. This marks the response of a servant. Even though he was aware of the permissiveness of Eli over the evil of his sons, He was submissive. He was honorable. Attitude of a servant. He knew the Lord had allowed him to be born through prayer. He knew the Lord had accepted him in the dedication. And yet, he was not rebellious. He wasn't proud and cocky. He was a servant. You understand? What what two different characters here of these men? Look at five. Samuel mistaken the one who called him. I mean, he thought Eli had called him. His diligent service revealed. So he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. Perhaps Eli needed help at this age, not being able to see at night. And this would be a common thing. As you can imagine, this young boy, this teen, helping Eli all the time. He was dismissed by Eli, notice. And heard Eli say, I did not call, lie down again. And he went and laid down. God called out to Samuel a second time in verse 6. The voice was distinct again. Then the Lord Yahweh called yet again Samuel. The young man Samuel responded again, being mistaken. So Samuel arose and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you called me. Again revealing his diligent service. Again, Eli dismissed Samuel. He answered, I did not call my son endearment. There's an affection here between the two. Even though Eli has been judged by God already, even though he has been really an enemy against God, there's there's a bond here. There's an affection. There's an endearment. Lie down again, he says. Again, revealing a servant attitude. God gave two reasons for the call Of Samuel. They're found in verse 7. Notice, first, his spiritual state is given. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He had not come to a personal relationship with God. Though he knew about God and was doing things of God, though God had allowed Samuel to be conceived and dedicated to him by Hannah, though God knew he would use him as a judge, as a priest, and a prophet. He had to come into that personal relationship with God first. Now, God knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything. He can't learn nothing, so there's no problem. But there had to be a free will decision to accept Christ to come in. We talk about Christ in the New Testament sense, but the same in the Old Testament. That personal relationship, you understand? Notice the spiritual drought is the next thing that's stated. Nor was the word of the Lord Yahweh yet revealed to him. In other words, Samuel did not have any personal experience receiving God's word. The word no, Yada, means to know more than intellectual understanding, but personal acquaintance. You can read a book about flying a plane, but you don't know how to fly a plane. You understand? There's a big difference. The Spirit of God had not come upon him yet. Amazing. One put it this way. The difference between belief about and belief in lies in commitment. Christianity is the commitment of self to Christ. John 3.16 might well read, Whoever entrusts, commits himself into him need not perish. Thus, the world's basic sin is failure to entrust itself into the care of Christ. Of this, the Spirit will convict the world. We're saved individually, not by groups, not by families. Though God in His grace sometimes saves an entire family by individual choice. You understand? There are many people in the ministry that have never been called by God. I hope you're not shocked. But it's a disservice to the people. It is presumptuous to put oneself or others in the place of spiritual responsibility or leadership when God has not called them. Woe to that person. It is a place of many testings and temptations that can only be overcome by being called and being completely dependent upon God. A man who is called is no different than you. Yet he's called, and he must depend upon God every day of his life, lest he fail miserably. You understand? When he is victorious, when he is faithful, it's because he's dependent on God. Nothing has to do with his own ability, his own talent, his own strength, it has to do with being called. And depending on God every day of his life. You understand what I'm talking about? There are various people that are doing the work of God in the energy of the flesh. It might surprise you. Pastors, elders, deacons, deaconesses, teens ministry, women's ministry, missions, evangelism. People never called. But they just decided it was a good thing. Wesley went in the ministry originally because he thought it was a good living. That's what his dad told him. Then he got born again. He came to America to to save the savages. He wasn't born again. On the way back, with the with the Moravian uh, Christians of Germany, were great Christians. As they were in the storms in the sea, Wesley was underneath his bunk crying out, "Ah, oh, scared!" The Moravians were worshiping God, and Wesley went back on Aldersgate and got born again. And you know what happened to him? Boy, did he tear up England and the world! Wow. All men and women are lost spiritually. They're sinners. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ, you're lost. You need to understand that. You're under God's wrath because of sin. All are dead in trespasses and sins, running the course of this world with the prince and the power of the earth, children of wrath, Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. We are the children of our parents, sinners. The Bible says children come forth from the womb speaking lies, and you thought they were crying. All have deceitful hearts, desperately wicked, Jeremiah 79. We are fallen because of Adam, federal headship, Romans 5, 12. All men and women must be born again if they expect to see heaven and be in heaven, seeing themselves under the wrath of God. John three thirty six says, He who has a son has life. He who has not a son has not life, and the wrath of God abides in him. Do you believe that, or do you think it's just a joke? seeing their need of godly repentance, according to 2 Corinthians 7.10. Not that you regret the sin and the consequences, but that you see sin against God. And you turn from Him and ask Him to forgive you and to cleanse you and to change your heart by acknowledging your sin, confessing your sin, abandoning your sin, and making restitution whenever possible. It's not always possible, nor is it wise. Don't go back to a relationship that now the woman or the man is married and, and you can just open up a can of worms. Whenever you can make restitution, Fine but sometimes it's stupid to try to do that. You cause more problems, you understand? All men and women are as a result are sons and daughters of God when they're born again. New creatures, 2 Corinthians 5:17. All things pass away, everything becomes new. Having received eternal life, John 3:16. They have a divine nature able to deal with the corruption of the world. All things pertain to life and how to respond. Godliness. I can pass the test through Christ. All things. We have the mind of Christ. We're to put it on. 1 Corinthians 2.16. We have it. Philippians 2 says, put it on. We are to be able to understand the living word because we can trust it. We believe that it's God's word, not just words of men. Listen. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Paul writes to the Thessalonians. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the words of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Do you believe this Bible is God's word? If you don't, there's no hope for you. If you don't believe this Bible is inerrant, infallible, then you're wasting your time this morning. Might as well just on your way out, throw your Bible in the trash and go in the world. Not some of it. All of it. Genesis to Revelation. The call to salvation was personal and foundational. And so it is to you and to me. Notice secondly in the call. We have the call to serve. You're saved to serve. Simple. Look at 8 through 10 first. The God of Israel was the one who calls men into his service. Verse 8, the Lord Yahweh spoke once again to Samuel. God always initiates. The Lord called Samuel again the third time here. Abraham had two calls. Do you realize that? Genesis eleven twenty eight 28. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, two calls. The first call, he was disobedient. He stayed with his father in Haram until he died. It's real clear. Jonah had two calls. Jonah 1, 2. Jonah 3, 1. First time you heard it, took a ship, went to Tarshish, towards Spain. God gave him a free ride. On a little whale. He burped him up. Gave him a second call. Jonah the smelly prophet. But see, it wasn't that Jonah didn't know his God. It was that Jonah did know his God. He knew that if he preached the word of God to the Ninevites, which he hated, and if they repented, God would forgive him. Jonah didn't want them to be forgiven. He knew his God. He just didn't want to be like his God. How about you? God's always the initiator. Now look it. Man is always the respondent. Then he arose and he went to Eli and he says, Here I am, for you did call me. Samuel remains patient as a servant. Samuel knew this third time he had been called by someone. I know you did call me. He knew he was hearing a voice. Notice still in 8, Eli... Finally grasped the voice was of God. Eli perceived the Lord Yahweh had called the boy. So Eli knew because he perceived, meaning to discern and understand, because Eli had heard the voice of God at one time. He knew. Eli knew because he already had been told by the man of God in chapter 2, 27, 36, that judgment was coming to him. He had just recently heard God's judgment. I look at nine. The man Eli commanded Samuel back to God to know his call for service. This is important. So often, some of you come to me and say, "Well, you know, Pastor Xavier, I don't know what God wants me to do. What What are you thinking? I don't. I can't tell you. I commend you back to God. You have to go to God. You have to pray. Do a little fasting. Get involved because it's a lot easier to steer a moving object than one who sits still in a bench or a chair or a pew. All right." That's not your gift to sit. That's your commitment. Not to me, to God, to your personal relationship, understanding the church and what God wants to do with you.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of being sensitive to the call of God. Simple truths he draws from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now there's much more to come next time as well. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, you can pick up a copy of this message. And the title to ask for is simply, Samuel, Called by God. It's available, as always, on CD for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Once again, the title to ask for is, Samuel, Called by God. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, pasadena california 91107 or to make your request by phone call 800-926-1485 again that's 800-926-1485 or the address once again is simple truths 2200 east colorado boulevard pasadena california 91107 and thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch this helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com